0: Hallelujah. Would you turn your Bibles with me this morning to the Book of Acts, Chapter 13, reading, reading from verses 14 through 16, 26 th- and 36. Book of Acts, Chapter 13, 14 through 16, 26 and 36. Verse 26. Verse 36. (laughs) Father, this morning, we come before your word. We tremble before your word. Because we recognize the awesomeness and the greatness of this great word and we recognize how unworthy we are that you called us and you've also called us to declare it and so this morning we ask for your grace and anointing and your spirit to be in this place to make the proclamation of God's effective We ask for grace and anointing upon the servant, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Today's title is Serving in God's Purpose. Acts chapter 13 begins with the church of Antioch. And the prophets and the teachers have gathered And the Holy Spirit has spoken, separate Paul and Barnabas for the work that I have committed unto them. They fasted and prayed, and now they are sent. And what you and I are reading this morning is the word of God that tells us when they came to Antioch in Pisidia, and this is a different Antioch. As they have come to the synagogue, On the Sabbath day, notice the reading of the law and the prophets has just ended. And the ruler of the synagogue has come and said, you men and brethren, he's looking at Paul and Barnabas, and he says to them, do you have a word of exhortation? wish I could stop there and and go, but I want to move. Paul stood up, and he says, men of Israel, and I like the King James on this one, he says, you that fear God, give audience. You that fear God, give audience. Just so that you think you missed it the first time, Dr. Luke, like nobody else, repeats it just for emphasis." us to see look at the verse 26 and I tell you I read this so many times but yesterday as I read it something just came upon me men and brethren children of the stock of Abraham whosoever among you that feareth God to you is the word of salvation He didn't say everyone that was in that room to you is the word of God sent. He didn't say to the people and all the members of the synagogue. He didn't say that. But what did he say? He said to you that fear God. And unto you that fear God, what does he say? This word of salvation Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of salvation is being sent to those who fear God. What value value do you give to the word of God? How much value do you give to the word of God? How much value do you give to the preaching of God's word? much value do you give to the reading of God's Word? How much value do you give to the hearing of God's Word? Fear God and upon you is this word sent. It is not sent to everyone that is there. It is sent to those who fear God. Often I sit in pews and I wonder As God's word is being sent, the word of salvation is being sent. The word of deliverance is being sent. The word of power is being sent. Where are the people as the word is being sent? Some are on their... Some are on their phones. And not always writing what the minister is saying. Some are pressing like... Some are pressing like, but it's not liking, or it has no connection to the word. We have a casualness sometimes as we come to the word, to hearing the word of God. A few years ago, I went to the Westminster Abbey, Westminster Abbey. As I was in Westminster Abbey, looking at the beautiful cathedral. And it was not worship time. It was visiting. All of a sudden, ding dong, and the minister, or whoever it was, said, good morning. We thank you for visiting Westminster Abbey. We hope you enjoy your visit today. But first and foremost, we want you to remember Westminster Abbey is a house of prayer what he did next so we ask you to stop what you're doing we ask you to stop whatever it is that you're conversing as we pray you know what happened everything stops everything stops until that man or that man of God whoever it is has finished his prayer in the name of the Lord Jesus and there's amen. And if somebody does talk, they have ushers there to hold them back. Have you ever thought about all the activities that go on when people pray? All the conversation that takes place during prayer, sometimes pastor is leading in prayer, but we forget, right? I remember forgetting Pastor Finney and I were having, having a lunch with Pastor Babutu. And he narrated an incident to us that just blew our mind. I don't know if he remembers. He said that during a large convention, they were serving the Lord's table. People were sent with the bread, people were sent after them with the wine. At the end, one, uh, what should I say, one tray didn't come back. Nobody could figure out what's going on and they kept singing the song and they were going and looking and looking and looking what happened was one brother who was carrying the tray found somebody that he met he hadn't met in a long time and forgot what he was doing you know i realized that some things can happen but he forgot what he was called to do Dr. Luke is bringing us, my friends. Fear of God is a theme all over Luke. Acts 2.43, fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. You think he's done? Acts 5.5, Ananias, hearing these words, fell down, gave up the ghost. Great fear came upon all of them that heard these things. Acts 5.11, and great fear came upon all the church, upon as many as heard these things. Acts 9.31, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria, and were edified, walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.22, Cornelius, the one that feareth God, and good report. Read the two, two places. And then he goes on. Acts nineteen seventeen. This was known to the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. Fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Fear of God was a, was a motif in the writings of the apostles. Here we come to the text now. It says, for David, he had served his own generation by the will of God. are brought into this sermon, three people. One was Saul, then David, and three John the Baptist. The first person that was brought was Saul. Right after, I want you to see this, verse 22. Could you read that for me quickly, sister? And David and the Lord and the writer Luke says I have found David a man after my own heart which shall fulfill all my will but just before that the word of God says and he had removed him who's that Saul he's talking about Saul He said, he removed him. Then he says, he raised up David. You see that? The same God that raises and finds is the same God that is removing. Samuel was told to stop mourning for Saul. He was weeping all night. And I said to myself, What a powerful man of God. He wept all night. And the Lord told him, stop. I have rejected him. I have found David. And the reason he says is, I have found him. A man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. The scripture here says, David served the purposes of God in his own generation. I want you to see the three movements in that verse this morning. There are three people in that verse. There's God. There is. No, no, no. The, the, the verse that I'm talking about, the David after he has served his own generation. There are three people, or three groups of people at least. There's God, there's David, and then there's another group. Generation. There are three groups in that generation. then, I want you to see this. That equation is God, David, generation. I want you to get that equation. It's God, David, generation. God telling David to fulfill his purposes in his generation. I want you to understand something it's not the generation and the individual coming together and say let's fulfill the purposes of God. It's God primary David that says I am here Lord to fulfill your purposes and then generation. How many times and places do we see where the other extreme happens which is Two people get together, or two groups get together, and don't fulfill the purposes of God at all. But even the one in between, it's not the generation and the individual, or the church and the generation getting together and saying, let's fulfill the purposes of God. No, 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 it is God. The primary is God. The primary is God, so that you, God comes and he submits, David submits, says, I am here to fulfill your purposes, Amen. Your purposes. And this morning, brothers and sisters, we have to get that equation right. And that equation is God, the church, or you, put your name there. And then you will impact that generation. Amen. He served the purposes of God according to the will of God. And I know this serving We can serve the purposes of God in our short time on the earth or it's very possible to serve what we think is God's purposes and move and and, and do what we think we are doing is fulfilling the purpose of God. But David says he served, or the Bible says he served the purposes of God. He connected his life with why God had him here and this morning I ask you to do the same. Connect your life with the reason why you are here. Why are we here? Why is the church here? Why is God's people called to be who they are? It's a very difficult question, but it's a very important one. And individually and collectively, we must answer it. Am I living for the purposes of God? Are we we moving in? Are we hitting that target that God has called?
1: When that alignment
0: is out, your ride becomes very unsteady. Your ride becomes very unsteady and you have a very unequal balance. Last few weeks, the Lord has been speaking to me about something. You know, it's very, sometimes we can be very, very Calvinistic in our thinking. Meaning, we think that God has some purpose We believe that God's going to do it. We don't have to worry. We just have to just, you know, just be as it is. God's going to do what he has to do. You ever heard people say that? God's going to do what he has to do. You don't have to worry. It will happen. Life is so easy. But when Jesus, when Jesus, I don't want to get into the big theological thing here, but I I want you to think about something. When Jesus called his disciples and he made them to pray, or he showed them the model of prayer. There's a specific sentence that I want you to think about this morning. He said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's teaching them how to pray. He's giving them the model of prayer. And in that model, he's telling them, Thy will be done on earth As it is in heaven, this is something to pray about. It's a model for prayer and it's a model for understanding that as we serve the purpose, to serve the purposes of God, we must have the right orientation and definition. He was a man after God's own heart. He was a man that the Bible says he would fulfill all my will. Often we say that. David was a man after God's own heart. And that is true aspect is the bible says he will fulfill all my will this morning can you say that lord i stand before you fulfill your will in my life make me that person that of where the kingdom of god regulates my existence in my family in my ministry in my thought process in my understanding in my everything He said, Lord, make that real in my life. I've had people come and they say, what is God's will for my life? Well, there's a book that helps you to understand what is God's will for my life. You know what that is? It's the Bible. It's the Bible that helps us to understand, that helps us to come to place with easy language for us to understand. But how is it that we serve to fulfill the purposes of God? Whether we are a believer, whether we just came, whether we're a Sunday school teacher, whether we're in the choir, whether we're doing ushering, how is it? Primarily. Primarily. We fulfill the purposes of God by the submission to the scriptures or submission to to the Word of God. How is it that we fulfill the purposes of God? It is in the submission to the Scriptures. David said he will fulfill all the will of God. The will of God for us is primarily given to us in the Scriptures. And this morning I want to ask you, how do you view the Scriptures? How is your view toward the Scriptures? Sometimes we ask that question and it's almost like Jesus asking that man, do you want to be made well? I know what I'm saying. I know that we're living in a, 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 I know this is a a church and in an evangelical, Bible-believing, born again, baptized, spirit-filled, you have to force yourself and say, ask yourself that question. What is your view of scripture? And every one of those people are going to say, you know what they're going to say? We have a high view of, scripture they're gonna tell you you have a high we have a high view of scripture and that is meant to be because the pulpit in the in where we are is in the center to show forth that the word of god is supreme in all that we do praise god for that but here how is it that even when we say that Your view of scripture will be revealed and reflected by the actions that support the kingdom mindset and the kingdom values. It is the kingdom values that will speak for you and for me at that particular point in time whether we reflect the high value of scripture. And brothers and sisters, as I stand here, we all face that difficult challenge. What is your view of scripture? What is your understanding of kingdom? What is the kingdom values that you would consider? And I want to tell you, the kingdom values and the kingdom mindset conflicts with the worldly standard of values and mindset. And when those conflict, that's where we have a problem. We will say we have a high view of scripture. But the minute, the minute you bring in that kingdom value and the minute you sp- express the value of the kingdom, you all of a sudden will start to withdraw. Or you will say, yes, please. I, want to review, I want to reveal an example to you from my own life. It happened to me and I'm going to share it with you. It's embarrassing. I'm going to do it. To illustrate my point, it was my daughter's wedding. I asked Pastor Finney, because of the long distance between the, the place of venue, between the church and the, uh, and the reception, I asked him. I said, Pastor, can you can't you just, instead of having the two scriptures that we have normally, you know, at the end, I said, can you just, uh, can you just, can you just say it, and that way we can save time? Seems, seems like a very reasonable request to you, right? Nobody had, I thought, I thought, I thought somebody would, I thought somebody, Nobody's. everybody's keeping quiet, all right. I thought it was a very reasonable request, right? So I went to pastor, and I said, Pastor, you know, during the time of the wedding, and during the vow, can you just read those scriptures instead of two other brothers coming and reading? You know, we could save that time. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> you guys are laughing. I don't know if you know the answer. He said to me, oh, no, yeah, no problem, no problem. So he gave me that feeling. Of, okay, good, good. Uh, can you just tell me one thing, though? Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Can you tell me who is speaking in place of that, just to understand what he's saying is going to be more important than what's going to be read? Did you understand that? No, you didn't understand <laughs> Pastor asked me the question, who is actually going to take that other two minutes? And how important is that, what he's going to say, more important than reading the two scriptures? Did you get it now? I felt, I felt like a cold chill just came down into my body. Because I never want to feel and I never want to say that the word of God is more important than something I want to do for myself. I told Pastor Finney, please, do whatever you want. Meaning, put two, if you want to put another one, that's okay too. And in the end, instead of two, we got three. But do you understand what I'm saying? I gave you a personal example so you can, you can understand. When the kingdom value conflicts with my personal value, my personal problem, my conflict, all of a sudden I have to have, I get restless. I get in distress. But the God's word tells us something. The word of God is meant to be valued. and When you diminish the quality of the power of the word of God, God is not the loser. God is not the loser. We are the losers. Consider Jesus. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remain in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing fruitfulness of our life is based on the connection we have in Christ and His Word. Hallelujah. Reliance upon anything else other than the scriptures or the Holy Spirit guidance, whether it's money, human wisdom, or our skills and plans or strategies, or any other worldly measurements of success by the biblical definition will not produce kingdom outcome. You want kingdom outcome? You want kingdom outcome? You're going to have to. There's a sacrifice involved, involved in that kingdom outcome. Sorry, in exercising that kingdom value. And that is a challenge for all of us as we live this life. Let the Lord. How do we develop the implications of this kingdom value or two? And I'm going to cover and finish. The implications of the kingdom value or two. One. We must have a listening posture as leaders, believers, people who are involved in ministry, and those who are living their lives. And that requires intentionality. It requires intentionality. It doesn't come automatically. That is is something we have to do purposefully and willfully, and that takes hard work. Along with the discipline of reading scriptures, we have to formulate that time to say, Lord, speak to me. And I want to tell you something. God is not looking for your approval when he sends his word. He's not looking for your approval. I found that out many times. God is not looking to see whether you like or dislike what is said or the person that he's sending it to. So be ready. God did that to Israel many, many times. The second thing is, we must be driven by a heart of obedience to experience the power of kingdom values. We must be willing to obey everything that the Spirit teaches us and are guided into all truth. I am going to stop with the second point, and I'm just going to say it and I'm going to leave. He served the purposes of God. In the will of God, yes, but that impacted his generation. He impacted his generation. Do you know what happened? As David lived his life, every person that came behind him, every king that came by behind him, every good king, the Lord said, he's a man that followed after his father, David. Do you know that? Every person, every good king you take from God said he was a man that followed after his father David when you live the kingdom value you impact a generation yes you will not see success immediately but you will impact you will impact you are impacting as you live it out it must be intentional he served the purposes of God but he impacted a generation your impact will be felt and it must be felt this morning. Are we willing to sacrifice for the kingdom values? One more short story than done. (sighs) Super Bowl 43, all of a sudden people woke up, right? Ben Rothensker has just complete, has just finished an incomplete pass, 43 seconds to the end of the game. 43 seconds. He calls back the man who he said, Santonio Holmes. He said to him, you just missed a pass. I'm going to send it to you again. I t- he told him exactly the spot. And he said to him, if this is the line, I'm going to say this is the line for you so you understand. He said, go to the end zone. Stay near the end of the line. I'm going to shoot a pass right up. What I want you to do is catch it, bring it down. San Antonio Holmes, 43 seconds. Ben is a reach back. He sent the pass. And brothers and sisters, San Antonio Holmes did what was the impossible that one would think. He sent the pass way above, and he sent it way up here. But then as he landed, he hit right here and then went over. You know why I said that? all of us in life we have to reach up but come low we have to reach up because god's word is here for us but you have to reach for it and as you reach up for it don't forget the lines don't forget the lines because you can't go across the line you have to be in the line to win you understand? You have to be in the line. If San Antonio Holmes caught the ball here, that's an incomplete pass. But if he caught it inside, touchdown, in the zone and left this morning. David served the purposes of God. David served the purposes of God in his own generation by the will of God. This morning, can you close your eyes?